At Henson, we're looking forward to the holidays, and that means more time in the kitchen. Now, imagine your trusty kitchen knife had a wobbly handle. You'd be nervous. Well, the same is true in shaving. Most razors on the market today don't support the blades well enough, allowing them to flex and bend. This is a source of razor burn. At Henson, we used our 20 years of aerospace manufacturing to solve this problem, supporting the blade so you can use it confidently. To learn more and to get 100 blades for free, go to hensonshaving.com holiday. How long was Neil Armstrong actually on the moon? When did Europe start speaking English? Did Marco Polo really go to China? CuriosityStream is the streaming service for all things history, plus science, wildlife, and more. What's the real story behind the Mona Lisa? We've got that. What caused the collapse of Rome? We know. Where did we find mankind's earliest ancestor? Come find out. For the holidays, give the gift of curiosity with 25% off gift cards for your curious cohorts. It's holiday shopping season at curiositystream.com slash gift. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. In the words of Whitesnake, here I go again on my own, although I'm not on my own. I've got Matt in the north. Hello. And Gary in the London area. How has your uh, week been between podcast A and this one? Well, I haven't really done that much. Matt, what about you? Same. Mainly what? just work, yeah. Had a dentist appointment. Oh no, that wasn't. That was be- that was before we podcast last time. Was, was that just a just a clean or was that a? Yeah, just a clean. Luke, anything on your end? No. I, I suppose I could ask you this. Um, what, what's your favourite cheese? <laughs> <laughs> You, you could ask. Oh my god, I did not want to twist. I did not expect that. I still like cheddar. I know it's dull, I know it's expected. No, it's I fair enough. Like yeah. Feta, I like. Oh, really? oh, oh he's yeah. so cosmopolitan. He's right, such I'll a go, millennial. I'll go parmesan and just, just sort of <laughs> worn up. Mine is a good old fashioned good old fashioned red Leicester. Mm. I had that just before we started recording, so it was what made me think of it. I've not got high hopes for this one, I'll be no. honest. <laughs> <laughs> Really? <laughs> Luke. Hey, everybody, here's our staff. Gary. I've never heard of him before today. And Matt. He's a professional. The Telly Obsessed Trio. Enjoy your show, boy. This, this. is the Custard TV Podcast. Episode 229. Uh, if, you want to, uh, if you want to mark it off on your podcast uh, spreadsheet, you know, if you got one, we've got okay, one. Okay, I'm doing it one. now. I'm glad somebody's doing it. Um, all the usual ways of getting in touch with us. We got Twitter, we got Spreaker, we got all the um, podcast apps, YouTube, and email address custardtvreviews at gmail.com if you've got something to say. Now that you know our favourite cheeses, I can't think of another question you'd like to ask. But if well, there that, is one. They, that was the thing I was hoping I was inspiring them. You know, what's our favourite French cheese? Camembert. As I say, not great hopes, but we'll carry on regardless. <laughs> uh, TV news, reviews, previews, and Gary going west uh, to discuss the trailers that have been released by US networks as part of their look ahead to either the latter half or the la- later half of 2018 and uh, the start of 2019, should uh, nobody press their atomic buttons between now and then. Mm. Um, 50 isn't it? 50 yeah. 50 um, also, in the review section, we're doing The Bridge. Episode 2 is aired on BBC Two. We'll be discussing that. Also, a brand new drama on BBC One, A Very English Scandal, written by the brilliant Russell T. Davis. But first, let me press 
the American theme tune music for Gary to discuss the trailers at length. This is what's called the upfronts. We've done this before, but we thought we ought to remind, and particularly for new view, new listeners, uh, that American television works very much uh, in a set way. Every every May there are uh, these presentations by each of the major networks, and they reveal what shows they're going to be showing either in September or January, as Luke said. And this is this is their way they do things. They don't start things at any other time of the year. This is their kind of set programs. So I'm gonna kick off with ABC. There's a couple of comedies and a couple of dramas in here. The first drama is Rookie, which stars Nathan Fillion. He was that was in Firefly and, um, and various other things. Yes, thank you very much. He's playing a a 40 year old rookie cop. I didn't think the plot of this one was particularly interesting. You've got the, mm. you know, the captain that doesn't like him and the various love interests and the partner that doesn't like him to start with. Next up was The Fix. Now, this is written and produced by Marsha Clark, who was uh, the lead prosecutor in the OJ case. And this is very much a OJ what if mm. type situation uh, starring terrible. Mr. Echo from Lost playing a uh, an American businessman who's accused of killing Star- his wife. Starring who, off. Gary? Sorry. Starring who? Sorry. Mr. Echo from Lost. OK. <laughs> Sorry, a bit of comedy there for people who are dozing off. And basically, he's accused the let off of killing his first wife and or his second wife, and now it appears that he may have done the same thing to his third wife. So all the links to OJ are there. In fact, down to the main character being called Maria instead of Marsha. My issue with it was it just looked like she wanted to tell the OJ story Mm. and has done it. And it feels like that should have been done years ago, not now. I mean, they they had the the American crime story. I think that's what it's well. trying to cash in on, isn't yeah. it? Like, yeah. people are talking about it again. And he got off previously, didn't he? I suppose that's the twist in this, is he... Yes. It was like OJ, and then what happens if OJ sort of did it again to another woman? The next is a comedy called The Kids Are Alright. Now, this kind of has a feel of the Goldbergs, mm. but it's actually going back into the 70s. It's a, a big family. that The lead character is remem- remembering his life as a middle child of eight boys. I didn't think there was much in this one. I'm not really sure how this is going to progress through a whole series. I, I, I kind of thought like... Well, but then, like, the Goldbergs works, doesn't it? And that's been going on for years now. So mm. I would give it a chance. And it is a semi-autobiographical thing, isn't it? From the point of view, as you say, of the middle child. It has, yeah. I think, been been written by that guy. Uh, the next is... it's This is one of the... This year seems to have been the year of bad names. Whiskey Cavalier. I think is a terrible name for a TV show. And it looks a bit of a sort of a Mr. and Mrs. Smith remake. Mm. Um, FBI versus CIA. Scott Foley, who was in... Was he, was he in Hawaii Five-O? No. He plays the FBI agent. Um, a good-looking woman plays the CIA agent. And they have some tension and they clash. And then at the end of it, it looks like they team up and form a task force. And it, it feels a bit dated, really. And I said, I've, I've got that for a lot of these shows that they feel a little yeah. bit dated. The next one was possibly one of the more interesting, but also one of the more emotional was A Million Little Things. This is a group of friends who met when they got stuck in a lift together. They bonded over that. But then one of them, about eight years later, commits suicide. And they all come back together. And it's kind of like a sort of like a an introspection of like, you know, what do we mean to each other? and what, do, what How much of it which other ways do we really know? And I, I saw this more as like a one-off. I don't know where a drama based on this goes it, because all, all the incident is in episode one. You're not going to believe this. John killed himself. John always said everything happens for a reason. 
Even how we all met, we got stuck on an elevator. In that decade, a couple of us got married, a couple of us had kids, one of us got sober, and one of us beat cancer. John, you say everything happens for a reason. I can't find a reason for this. How could I not know? Do you have any idea why he did this? He was on that business call for a really long time. He made a call right after that. To you. Feels like they're trying to do another This Is Us. Stop looking at my notes, Matt, because it's, <laughs> oh, right. it's like you're sitting next to me, yeah. peering Those over at my notes. Is that what you is that what you've yes, got? Yes, that's, that's what I had, is that it feels like they're because This Is Us is now in its second series. It's still mammoth, still winning a load of awards, and it feels like they're trying to get that sort of, sort but, of I mean, said, emotional, tear-jerking audience that likes to but, cry but this is us has a good hook doesn't it it kind of does the time jump thing it's on this the jumps at the very start of the episode well yeah what i suppose the other friends there are all sort of going you know one of them trying to leave his wife there was another one who was trying to commit suicide but the other guy to <laughs> it yeah. it's like he was yeah, trying yeah. to take pills it is to cash in as i said on my notes and matt got to it before yeah. i did This is us. People cry at that every week. What network is on? This is us on NBC. And last, uh, and and by very means least, uh, is simple parents. Single parents again. A terrible (laughs) name. (laughs) Simple parents. A a terribly named show. Uh, It's a single dad comedy. Basically, this is like a new single dad joining the school, and the other single parents at the same school sort of teach him how to live his life again. This is another one of those shows that they... Yes, yeah. it's a comedy, and you've got to suspend belief, but I don't believe that this would ever happen anywhere. Like a no. group of single parents meeting up. Modern family works, because you've got the family connection of why all these seemingly random people can, can be connected and spend time with each other. But I don't believe a load of single parents would team up at the school gates and have these conversations and support one another in that way. It's certainly not Big yeah. Little Lies, I'll give you that. As you say, very simple, and I have written down that this feels like it could be the first one to be cancelled. Matt, do you want to talk us through the CBS pilots? Yes. <laughs> I can't do that. Please commit more to what you're about to say. Um, Magnum PI remake. It is a sort of reimagining, I think they yeah. like to use that word, don't they? Reimagining of the original Tom Selleck 80s private detective show. The big controversy in the States has been that this, the, the new actor hasn't got a moustache. Yeah, it just looks... I mean, like that other one, the Whiskey Cavalier one, it's trying to be sort of sexy and lots of explosions. And This was an 80s remake for the Fast and Furious generation. Very good. The, Luke? the weird thing about nostalgia for me is if you're old enough to remember the original Magnum, then you'll probably want to just revisit the old Magnum because nothing can beat it. And if you're not old enough to remember the old Magnum, it doesn't look very appealing. It doesn't look like something that that a young audience would go, yes, this looks up my street. It just looks yeah. really cheesy, doesn't it? So I don't know why it's they couldn't do the this. Name. It, if they took a different name, it would be the same show. Yeah. I don't know what makes it Magnum. What I would say is that maybe people who've watched it on sort of reruns and things like that, you know, who didn't grow up with it but have seen it since, you know... And it, I tell you it's... what, not one single ice cream in the trailer either. I was no. very disappointed no. about that. 
let's link that to Murphy Brown, I suppose, because this is another one that's sort of trying to cash in on nostalgia, albeit with the original cast. And this is a US sitcom that really didn't sort of make an impact over here. I can't, I mean, it's sort of a little bit before my time because it was like 80s and early 90s. Gary, do you remember it being on over I, here at all? I've, I, I have no memory of it being on over here. No. Um, that doesn't mean it wasn't. No. Suppose this feels like sort of a Democrat version of the Roseanne remake, which is sort of very sort of a little bit more right wing, isn't it? As you say, because mm. Roseanne is sort of a fan of Trump, whereas this is, oh, we had another election and we had to do something. So that's why we came back. And it does feel like it is going to be a little bit, oh, these old people don't know what they're doing anymore because they have got this new sort of younger guy who sort of, you know, with this phone that Murphy Brown had. And it just all feels a bit... Why do we have to bring this back? Can we not just sort of enjoy the original? But yeah. there you go. Mm. FBI, which looked horrendous, um, yep. focuses on the FBI, shockingly. They're trying to sort of wow you with these special effects, like this bit, this sort of tower yeah. block blows up, and with all the FBI agents is sort of haunted by the fact that like two kids died and the mum wanted to go into the building and she didn't let her, and then they try and solve the case. It certainly isn't for me. Again, this is sort of very much linked to Magnum. They're both sort of action-packed and... Just the name, FBI, come on. It's a bit like SWAT. I suppose they might be going for, like, SWAT, because that was a TV thing. That's at least a branch of of a unit. I mean, the FBI is massive, you know, to call it the FBI. Moving on to, uh, as you say, another awful name, God Friended Me. This is my will-be-cancelled first uh, Okay, your pick. So that was Brandon Michael Hall, who was in a uh, cancelled show last year, The Mayor. This sees him play a, um atheist podcaster who is the son of a minister. And as the title would suggest, God sends him a friend request on Facebook and things start happening to him. He saves the life of a guy who's about to commit suicide. And it's all a bit like, you know, is, is his dad behind this? Is trying to reconnect with his family? Let me get this straight. You're being catfished by someone calling themselves God on Facebook. Yes, and I need your hacker skills to give me their IP you address. Keep your voice. How many times I gotta tell you I'm not a hacker? Okay, I'm a video game enthusiast. Okay, what do you know? My only lead? Kara Bloom. Kara, Kara, are you God? Excuse me? Goodness. Listen, I don't know anything about the God account. It doesn't make any sense. Why would they send me your name? You want to figure out who's screwing with you. I'm a journalist. I know how to find people. You can't have one foot in the eternal plane. You either believe or you don't. Or you recognize that there's something greater at work here. I don't know, some grand design connecting us all? There is no grand design. You know, it's kind of like the prodigal son, except God is using Facebook to bring you and dad back together. You see what growing up in a house of religion does to the mind? The the neighborhood, Cedric the Entertainer in it. Not a good start. Yeah, and it sort (laughs) of turns that on its head by, you know, oh, it's a prestigious black neighborhood and all these, what this white family moves in and ha, ha, ha. This feels incredibly dated. This is like... That's the joke. This should not be a thing in 2018. Yeah. There's a show on E4 that's on ABC called Blackish, which I've not seen all of, but it attempts to change stereotypes mm. in, in this yeah. sort of comedy. And this just seems like they've they've completely ignored all the steps forward that that's made and the fact that we're in 2018. It just seems a disgrace that they've even got it to pilot stage. Hello. Hi, I, I'm, I'm Marty Butler. My parents told me you just moved in, and <laughs> uh, 
I have to come and see for myself. Hi. I'm Dave Johnson. Come Hi, on in. Dave. And this is my wife, Gemma. Gemma. Hi. Oh, boy, oh, boy. They weren't kidding when they said you guys were, were, were not from around here. No, we just moved here from a small town in Michigan. And why wouldn't you look at these built-ins? Well, aren't they to die for? They just might be. I'm sorry. It's just there aren't a lot of other people like you around here. Is that a problem? No. All the science says is good for people living in diverse communities. I couldn't agree more. Too bad. My dad hates science. And another one that just looks a bit rubbish is Happy Together, which has got the... Is it the girlfriend from the, uh, the yes. Carl Michael show? The only thing I... I know about this is that it's created or co-created by Ben Winston, son of... Um, Robert Winston, the scientist who now works oh. on James Corden's Late Late Show. And it's based upon his time when he was living with a partner and then Harry Styles lived with them for a tiny bit. So it's co-created oh. between Ben Winston and Harry Styles. They've co-created this show oh. and turned it into something that doesn't look a bit interesting. I tell you what else, <laughs> well, it looked to me like a Disney Channel sitcom. It didn't look like it yeah, like yeah. Set in modern day. Oh. All the sets were too bright and I didn't believe it. There was the Alexa joke in the trailer that I thought mm -hmm. was too obvious. And the, all yeah. oh, the sex mix. Oh, let's put the news yeah. at six on. I mean, oh, that's... how clever. Yeah. Sex Play and six work. sound similar. Um, yeah. now, but... now I understand the British influence, you know, with the... Harry Styles, you know. So CBS, there's nothing really, I think, that we're that interested yeah. in. Well, you say that now. Now we're coming on to the scraping of the barrel called Fox. Mm, um, yeah. Four shows here. First off is the passage, where a global pandemic leads to human testing, and the bad guy turns good because he doesn't want to harm a child. Zach and Morris. This, Zach uh, Morris okay. turns good. Is it Zach Morris? Yeah. Yes. I, you know, I didn't even realise that. <laughs> this looks terrible. This looks like it could be like another Alcatraz. I tell you uh, what, which... it, to me, it looked like three different shows. Oh, I, I, think didn't I, didn't mind, I didn't mind all the bits with Zach Morris and the girl, which mm. is what the title of I've, the show is. Luke, are way. you reading my notes? I've written okay. like two different shows. And then we've got a British girl who I didn't recognise. Uh, and then there's like zombies in a, kept in a chesting facility. The, the, the two things, or maybe even the three things, don't mesh. But I no. kind of like Zach Morris and the girl. Mm. I just well, think all the rest of it looks silly. Uh, the next was Proven Innocent, which effectively must be a remake of The Innocence Project in the US. Yeah. features uh, lawyers who take up cases of people who are incarcerated wrongly. It, it didn't look particularly good either. The lead character looked very bad. I think the US has so many law dramas, but The Good Fight and The Good Wife, why would you bother? You know, yeah. they're, they're, they're so good at what they do and they are the standard to which the others just cannot reach. Next is what looks like possibly the worst of the bunch. I don't think this will be the first one to be cancelled, but it looks terrible. It's a comedy called Rel and it's about him reconnecting with his family and he also, the lead, character, lead guy also plays the vicar of the church. Yeah, I, it's called Rel because the lead is Little Ray... Is it, is little it Rel Howley, Little Rel little Howley, Rel Howley right. from uh, The Get Out, which is an amazing film from last year that uh, was up for a lot of awards, um, and The Carmichael Show, which I've raved about on here before. But yeah, I would agree, this does not look promising, and although he, I know he's capable of doing some funny stuff, I just think it looks, it looked really yeah. cheap, really, didn't it? It looked like, here's your set, this looks so obviously 
filmed was... in front of a live studio audience and it looked really cheap. And last and hopefully least uh, is another one that I think was terrible. Cool Kids, which is basically an octogenarian comedy uh, about four old men who live in a nursing home. One of them dies and a woman joins in at their regular table. None of those new Fox shows interest me whatsoever. And Luke is going to take us through the remaining three NBC shows. So, yeah, NBC Manifest is the big one. It's not only the big one on NBC, but it's like the show of the new season. They've been trading yeah. this like mad. Uh, it's another one of those people go missing for an X amount of time. Their relatives or family members or whoever friends move on with their lives and then the people come back. In this case, it's a plane crash, a dreadful plane crash that happens and everyone on board is presumed dead. Then five years later, they appear back in the arrivals lounge, not having aged a tiny bit. It's how did it happen? Why did it happen? And how it affects those around them? And I just think America does this so often. Often they've got no idea where they're going to go. They just like the idea well, of I, what, what if a plane I, crash I, happens. I, I quoted two shows that fit that exactly because I said Lost Stroke Flash Forward. Both yeah. of those were based or, on and... ideas and had no idea where they were going to go. Problem. The problem, ladies and gentlemen, is you've all been missing, presumed dead for five and a half years. I don't understand. You haven't aged a day. The universe just gave all of us a do-over. It's as if the plane never left the sky. Do I have to say out loud that that's impossible? I think we've taken impossible off the table. Is your mind messing with you? Earlier today, I heard a voice in my head. What do you think? The government just forgot about us? There were a lot of people on that plane. What makes us so special? What's the probability it's just you and me? They do these big things because it looks flashy, the plane crash and the emotions and things. But I don't know where this can go and it's just not my cup of tea at all. Because they were talking about what if the key is us. You know, there's there's kids on there, there's twins that, you know, obviously one has aged, one hasn't. And, you know, do they... Well, that sounds a bit like The Returned. Yeah, that does. Yeah, Yeah, it's a copy there. I was thinking about The Returned and I love that. When I first saw the first series of The Returned, I thought it was a work of genius. I mm. really, really loved it. it. It felt so authentic and so real. And this looked so Hollywood and so plastic. Yeah, it, it paint by me... numbers TV, yeah. isn't it? Let's take a little bit of Lost. Let's take a little bit of the 4400. Yeah. A little yeah. bit of, like you say, like the leftovers and things like that. And flash forward and whatever. Flash forward. Yeah. And, and and make it really glossy and, and promote the hell out of it. And I, I think, yeah, this won't last. But I okay. don't know why they don't learn, because they always do stuff like this. Every well, season, these things will get huge... It'll get huge ratings for the premiere, mm. and then it'll yeah. dip. There was but another one called the, the Event, wasn't there? As that well? was, yes, that's the that one was I was thinking of with the plane that disappeared. The Event, that was yeah. it. And finally, <laughs> um, this this season's new hospital drama... Um, this is uh, New Amsterdam. Uh, we've had a lot of success, or the US has, 
with shows like The Good Doctor and The Resident, which we hated, that's coming back now. So why not add another hospital drama to the mix? This is New Amsterdam. It's about a new medical director who just wants to shake things up. He's a, he's a, he's a bit of a maverick. Oh, that's he doesn't what, play what, by the rules. This is what you need from your surgeons. Yeah, exactly I, I want your stethoscope and your insulin pen on my desk in the morning. I quite like the look of this one. I don't know why. I do like hospital dramas, so I, I Reem, quite like the look Reem of this. Aguiman is the big Brit is the other British star in this. Oh from, yeah, uh, Doctor Who, as you say, another run of the mill type medical drama. Which will here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Probably do like big numbers because like for some reason, like the Americans really like medical dramas. I'm not quite well, sure. It's a little bit different in the sense that it decided to discuss this whole idea of doctors being doctors and not, you know, you know, not accountants. The resident was very much like this as well because he he was a resident. He was very much let's treat the oh, patients okay. and not be like these like the um, doctor who was this sort of star of tv and stuff wasn't he and it was the sort of clash between the two this proves to me that that traditional network stuff mm. just does not appeal they're not on exactly... the on the whole i mean it, yeah. occasionally there is one that breaks through the sort of the cracks celebrated and they're the exception to the rule unfortunately mini reviews and that's because these are shows that we've already previously reviewed but these are new series so the first is the handmaid's tale Luke is the Handmaid's Tale expert and Series 2 started on Channel 4, but I believe you're already on US pace. Yeah, there's five that have been on in the States and I've seen four of the five that have aired so far. A lot um, of Twitter chat about how shocking the first episode was. Well, uh, it's incredibly shocking. It, it's a weird show, The Handmaid's Tale, and I completely understand why you, yourself and Matt aren't watching because it, mm. it is a show that makes me so angry for, for completely different reasons to why Mrs. Brown's boys makes me angry. <laughs> you, <don't know. laughs> you want Elizabeth Moss, who is outstanding in this role, to just lash out and say something to these people who are being vile and horrid towards her. You want, you've never wanted a TV character to scream or lash out more than Elizabeth Moss's character in this. If you know the general premise of The Handmaid's Tale, I won't go through it again, but what's interesting about this is that they've used up all the material in the original novel, Margaret Atwood's novel, that the first series was based on, and now it's all written by a TV writer's room, and the showrunner is heavily involved, as is Margaret Atwood, in sort of moving her vision on past the book. And they've done it brilliantly, and what I've liked is the fact that it moves it away so that she's not necessarily a handmaid. There's a lot of it 
uh, where she's sort of on the run, which is quite exciting and moves at a, a lot of a quicker pace than that some of the first episodes did last, last year. It is still incredibly bleak, incredibly draining, but I do have a, a strange fascination with it. It is not a show where I can watch three in a row. It's not designed that way. Some shows aren't, and this is one of them where if you watch three in a row, you'd need to phone your GP, I think, because that's yeah. just wrong. You can't do it. I think but, that's what I picked up from Twitter. A lot of people saying they might need therapy after watching this yeah. episode. So. It is, the first episode has a sequence in it uh, scored by Kate Bush, which is absolutely breathtaking. I mean, you abs- you're just watching it, and you don't, I didn't blink, I didn't take a breath, I don't think, while it was on. It's in a football stadium with a load of nooses, and it is absolutely like nothing else I've ever seen on television. And Elizabeth Moss has the most incredible presence in this show. Mm. She is deserving of all the plaudits that have come away from it. And also yeah. they've, they've, re, they've found a clever way of reintroducing Alexis Bledel, who we thought we'd seen the last of. Uh, last series, who is an incredible sympathetic character, and I just find them both a pleasure to watch on screen. And although the things they're going through are awful, Elizabeth Moss keeps you grounded because all you want to do is root for her and support her and and try and you know see how she's going to react to the just the complete madness that's going on around her. But I appreciate it is not a show for everyone. And but but the, I've I've re- enjoyed the wrong word. I've just really appreciated what they've done and how yeah. they've managed to move it on from the book. I suppose the second mini review. Thanks for keeping that short, Luke. Um, <laughs> uh, is, is the second series uh, of Netflix Thirteen Reasons Why. Uh, the first series dealt with the suicide of Hannah Baker and some tapes. Yeah, tapes. Ask your parents. Leave you clues as to the decision that she made and how and she was bullied. The second series is, is set for about uh, about six months later. It's coming back into a school year, sort of based around the trial. So each character who got an episode in the first series then gets an episode around their their trial dates and their you know what they what they present at the trial about the parents are suing the school for negligence and not realizing what was going on with Hannah. Hannah does make a reappearance and I'm not going to spoil it in how that happens. It's but quite I've invent- not seen many nice things about this. A lot of people no. saying but, I didn't want a second series and this is why this is proof of what I have to agree. I don't see why they've made it. It's still a good storyline and the characters are good, but I must admit I don't see how you make a second series of a show like this. I really don't. And I'll be intrigued to see what they do in wrapping it up or whether they try and go to keep this going. It feels a bit like when they tried to keep the series going of uh, Veronica Mars around... Mm, the third season of yeah, Veronica like Mars. Yeah, the first season was about the killing of her best friend. The second series was about a rape. And then by the third series, it really was just like, oh, we just like all the characters. We'll keep them going. Well, no, the second series was the bus explosion in oh, Veronica was it, Mars. So the first series was, or the third series was the rape re- redone, wasn't it, or something? Yes, the third se- the third season, they had like three different mysteries. It's when they all went to college and it all sort of oh, fell that's... apart. Okay, so that is... And, uh, and can I just say, while we're West, I'm very happy with the news that Marvelous Mrs. Maisel has been renewed for a third season, even though the second season hasn't aired yet, so that's good news for, for me. Oh, and we're getting more Barry. I don't know if I spoke about that as well. It's a show we championed a while oh. back, 
Matt and I have finished the first series. Gary's watching it UK pace on Sky Atlantic, and there is more confirmed. Series two is confirmed. If you like what we do, if you think, gosh, wouldn't you guys be better if you were professional? You like Gary got a microphone that didn't matter when he moved, or Matt turned up on time, or Luke kept his review short. Oh, the one week, the one week. <laughs> <laughs> we're, doing, we're doing a plug now we're doing a plug aren't you just glad that I was keeping you involved Matt I didn't have yeah. anything for you but I was just keeping you in the loop <laughs> if you'd think that Matt deserves a holiday and a week off the podcast because he never seems to get one he's never uh, had one ever then you can help us a little bit with a thing called Patreon. It's basically uh, like a website. You can go and you can donate some money. You can donate a month's worth or you can regularly subscribe. And for that, we will give you some additional podcasts. I think there's about nine up there at the moment. We'll also give you some other rewards as well, some show notes and the opportunities to uh, to nominate some shows you'd like us to review. Uh, it's at www.patreon.com forward slash the custard TV in keeping with the branding that none of us have. Um, and uh, we'd love you to donate a little bit of your spare change to that if you can. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email. Custard TV reviews at gmail.com. And now with the reviews, it's Matt. I think I'm going to have to hand over to you two for these because <laughs> both oh. of them uh, I haven't got a strong memory of. Do you want to start with the bridge and episode two and I will hand over to Gary for that. Okay, uh, so at the end of the bridge episode, uh, series three, episode one, we saw Saga getting attacked by her previous cellmate. Series four. We see her getting stabbed in the back, literally by one of her, by one of her, her cellmates. Not the creepy one that you think it was, it's the one that liked her. But that's kind of drawn drawn over quite quickly. Uh, you, you see her recovering in hospital, uh, and and then you see her back at work very, very quickly. And then she's sent straight back on assignment with the big case uh, of the death of the Danish immigration officer. They capture the Iranian immigrant, uh, and he refuses to, to give up sort of any more information. In fact, he says that the immigration officer was helping him get a passport. Also, we introduce to these two runaway kids who seem to be scamming people by one of them collapses in the street and whilst the other, everyone's sort of helping and moving around, the other one sort of artful dodges their wallet and their passport and they obviously look as if they try and sell the passport back to those people. At the end of the episode, the big sort of, sort of reveal that we get is that you remember the twins where one's a, a newspaper reporter and the other's a, a hospital clown? literally uh he gets killed in the he gets called killed in the jacuzzi in an incident at the end and they think that it was because they think that it's because the, the red october thought it was the journalist who was investigating them uh but we also see a couple of instances where he might have got himself in trouble uh a boyfriend and of course the father of the girl in the hospital who didn't like clowns it's a bit of a stretch to kill him based on that but it could happen interesting about this run it's obviously it is obviously the final run and i feel like the writers are having a lot of fun particularly with saga that they think it's the final time we're going to do this let's throw everything at her for a bit of fun so this episode had some comedic moments in the fact that saga had to go completely outside of her comfort zone and do what is known as hot desking where she would have to share well she didn't have her desk of her own and she could just sit wherever. And, of course, that doesn't fit in her way of thinking no. that things should be. She should have her own desk with her own things on that nobody else goes near that is her desk. So that is one thing that she struggles with. But Matt and I have both seen episode three. And it it, it blows my mind every time, The Bridge. Because episode three 
takes things in a different direction in a way that I was expecting. There are things things come to an end that I didn't expect to come to an end so quickly and the focus shifts onto mm. various people. And I think it's very clever that a lot of what Gary has said there is right of that episode, but then we start episode three and a lot of it is incorrect. And is I, I really like that, though. I really like the fact yeah. that... The, the, and the, I forget that it changes. does it every year. It's really clever uh, that... It ends with the saga having, like, a panic attack. Some sort of flashbacks, wasn't she? So well, I, yeah. I, I, was, I was thinking that why, why have they done this thing where they've sort of stabbed her in prison and then she's back so quickly, but obviously it is the effects of what's happened to her throughout all the series... It's interesting that this is the final series and we are looking at the character of Saga and everything we've sort of thrown at her these mm. past three years and this is the effect and it's finally catching up to her. The, the very fact that you that you've explained that so eloquently with so many different plot strands and then Matt and I have brought up even more shows yeah. you there is, this is so densely packed full of stuff I and I can't wait to talk about the third one because that is still burned in my mind. I thought the third one moved at a heck of a pace with a lot going on and edged us forward uh, into what the plot is actually about, even though... Well, you, now you, you're making me look it. forward to it, which is a good thing. Currently airing on um, BBC Two we- at 9 o'clock on Fridays. And the final review for this week is uh, a very English scandal based on the true, the true life story of... Um, of yeah. I'm doing it now. There's something about... Jeremy Thorpe, thank you, Jeremy Thorpe. Oh, by the way, how old do, oh, do you think I am? This is set in like the sixties. Yeah, but the trial. Someone wasn't... said last week, like you might know who this is. I no, wasn't no, even born. The trial was in the seventies. I was born in seventy-four. I wasn't yeah, paying I know, that much attention you... to the news until about. What, the end. I, what, what I would say though is, it is a famous thing that you may have heard of at some, not necessarily being yeah. around at the time, yeah. but it is like it, no. there's certain like political things that I know about where I wasn't born, and it's sort like of Watergate and things. Yeah, yeah. Um, Fair enough. But no, I so, didn't know anything about this. Yeah. So Jeremy Thorpe uh, is played here by Hugh Grant. The whole thing's written. By the brilliant Russell T Davies, oh, adap- adapted, adapted you say, from a, yeah. from a book. Jeremy Thorpe is the soon to be, as this starts, the leader of the Liberal Party. He uh, has conversations with a friend of his in Parliament, played by the brilliant Alex Jennings, and he sort of confides in him that he swings both ways, but he's more interested in men than in women, and. Um, when he meets a young farmhand played by Ben Whishaw, the two sort of hit it off. Uh, but of course, as Gary said, this set in the 60s, homosexuality is still very much a thing done in private, not accepted, not even legal. Sort of later on, Ben Whishaw turns up at the Houses of Parliament. Or where is, is it the Houses of Parliament? It's not, is it? I keep saying that. Turns up somewhere in Westminster where uh, Hugh Grant's character is. Says he, he needs him... To give him a work visa or a benefits card or... No, national insurance card. House of Lords or House of House Commons? Of, one of the two. And he asks him that he, whether he can have a national insurance card because he needs to work and he needs to needs claim benefits maybe. And, and get like, his medication as yeah. well, isn't it? Or is that he, he needs a permanent yeah. address, doesn't he? He yes. needs a regular address so he can get his medication because he has yeah. got like um, issues with his mental health yeah. as well, I think. So um, Jeremy Thorpe then takes Ben Whishaw's character to his mother's house 
They have secret liaisons. And then they kind of split apart when Ben Whishaw starts to get angry about being left in the flat all day and uh, Hugh Grant going off to work and just... They, they split apart, have a massive argument, but then things take a more interesting turn when it turns out that Ben Whishaw's character has a load of letters that Hugh Grant has written to him over the years with the pet name Bunny that he's keeping and threatening to release and sort of outing Jeremy Thorpe, uh, which would send him to prison. And it's about Hugh Grant's um, you know, rush to get these letters back. Then Hugh Grant's character, Jeremy Thorpe, gets married and Ben Whishaw rings him up again and says, look, I need this national insurance card. But he doesn't mm. speak to Hugh Grant, he speaks to his wife and sort of outs him to his wife. And the whole thing ends with Hugh Grant's character saying, this guy has to die. I don't care by what means, he just has to die. I'll just give my two penneth as I'm talking. I knew <laughs> nothing about this and... Um, I, it took me about 15 minutes to really get into it because it was a lot of men talking in rooms, a lot of Alex Jennings and Hugh Grant. I do think Hugh Grant is wonderful. I think Ben Whishaw is wonderful as well. And I think the dialogue was very funny. And I love the jaunty score as well. And once I settled into the fact that it, it was funny and it was enjoyable, and particularly when, the, when they split apart and it focused on their individual lives and then the sort of catastrophe when they came back together again, I was really quite enchanted by it, I have to say, and I didn't expect to be at all. I'm not big on politics or, or things set in this era, but it, it really it really surprised me, and I enjoyed it, and I think I'm the only one. But this got a lot of plaudits on Twitter for basically the same reasons I'm saying, because I think it was just an easy watch for a lot of people. It had a lot of humour at, it, at its heart, and... I thought the leads were particularly good, and I never rated Hugh Grant, but I think he was having a lot of fun impersonating Jeremy Thorpe, and there was a lot of good dialogue to deliver that we know Russell T. Davis is capable of, and I, I, I really enjoyed it. Now, for the other two to spoil my enjoyment of it. I, I've only watched half an hour of this. I didn't like it. I, I, Why? I found it, I, I found it stuffy. I found it undramatic and i know that seems you know there was you know nothing i don't know and that's the problem sometimes when you get a real life story adaptation is that is that you know real but life the can guy, be the, the guy's going to be killed gary it doesn't get more dramatic than that i wasn't a big fan of, of, of the whole kind of subject matter you know it, it didn't appeal to me I, I don't think i liked the look of it beforehand and I, i'm still the same i don't know why I can see where Gary's coming from. I think it picked up in sort of its latter maybe yeah. 20 minutes. I didn't find it an easy watch at all. I didn't find it an easy watch. I found it a real struggle to get through, if I'm honest. I think Hugh Grant's playing it too big. It feels a bit imbalanced in terms of there are some serious moments and some stuff where they're talking about, you know, homosexuality being legalised and the Ben Whishaw character has got, like, mental health issues and does struggle and things like that and then you've got Hugh Grant playing it for laughs and and doing acting a bit little bit too big for my liking I think as you say he I, is doing an as impersonation far as I'm aware that's what Jeremy thought was mm. like he, his performance is almost too big whereas Ben Whishaw is is almost sort of the other way and is very reserved and things like that and the two didn't really mesh for me until you got to the bit where you know Ben Whishaw's character moved to Ireland and became a model and 
he was having this successful thing away from Hugh Grant, who, as you say, had got married so he could sort of further his political career. And I thought it did get going towards the end, and I am intrigued. I think I'll probably watch the second one just to see where it goes. But I didn't love it as much as you did, maybe because you'd already said you'd liked it. I thought, oh, I'm going to like this too, and I found it a real struggle. And as you say, from the moment they split apart, it became more interesting to me that he was going to slowly destroy all that Jeremy Thorpe had built up, even though it was all a facade. I suppose I'm surprised that I enjoyed it as much as I did, which is why I'm still going on about it. But yeah, two more to go. I'll watch uh, the next two. I think the only good thing about these small three-part things or four-part things is you're more. if this was a six-parter, you'd probably be going, I might watch the next one. Mm-hmm. I might not. But I think we're going to stick with this because we want to see how it goes. And because there's only three, it doesn't feel as big of a commitment to just go... Yeah, I'm going to keep watching. But I enjoyed it, and I like Russell T. Davis's style. That's Sunday Nights, uh, a very English scandal, BBC One, on Sunday nights uh, for the next two weeks. It's on iPlayer now if you want to catch up with it. But yeah, I'm not going to be surprised if Hugh Grant and Ben Whishaw are up for, for uh, BAFTAs this time next year if, if the performance... But only for Paddington has- too. Don't, don't give don't give up so easily, Gary. I nearly text, nearly messaged you and said keep going because it took me some time. It took Matt even longer, so don't give up because it changed into a different time. I of I, show. I think I've got too much else to watch at the moment, but thank you for the recommendation. We've done the Patreon stuff. We've we just need to finish off by letting you know that you can email us. Uh, custard TV. Not doing the pick of the week this week. Oh, we just need to finish off with doing the pick of the week, don't we? Do we normally do that? We do, don't we? Every every. Episode. Although there's not a lot to pick from next week, really, is there? No, except. Well, I'm, I'm going to go first. Go I'm going to go first. Go first. Uh, Twenty twenty four hours in police custody. We've not talked about this week's episode because not all of us have seen it. Uh, that Monday nights, Channel Four, nine o'clock. I will go for the obvious one. The only thing uh, that's brand new next week that's worthy of anybody's eyes is the. Finale of Car Share at ten o'clock on Bank Holiday Monday. I'm I'm surprised that it's on at ten o'clock. I don't understand why, uh, but it is, and it is kind of nerve-wracking because it was sort of written by Peter Kay, Tim Reed, and Paul Coleman and the whole Car Share team after sort of pressure from fans going it mm. can't end there. So I'm sort of hoping that that pressure hasn't got to them too much. I didn't want it to end the way it did, so I'm glad we're getting. Uh, a final time to spend with John and Kaylee in the red car that's car share 10 o'clock for some reason on uh, BBC One on Bank Holiday Monday night I did the good fight last week didn't I so, yeah I mean Barry I still like the bridge um, oh, Britain's great Got Talent episode of the good, great episode of the good fight last week I mean they're all great to be no, fair no I know but this was particularly good wait till you get to episode 12 Gary that's all I say oh. uh, I say Britain's Got Talent all the live semi-finals next week so that's on <laughs> yay alright then uh, that is it for the Custard TV podcast team we'd love to hear from you I know a load of people would be on my side about a very English scandal but maybe you feel like Matt and Gary and want to balance it out a bit let us know via either Twitter at the Gary Show for Gary at Matt's TV Bites for Matt or at Luke Custard TV for myself. Email us if it's easier, custardtvreviews at gmail.com. On iTunes, on, uh, iTunes and all the podcast uh, apps, you can find oh, us there. I've just, had, I've just had an email. 
we've passed a hundred subscribers on YouTube. Uh, iTunes and all the various podcast apps, wherever you get it from, search the custard TV. Review us there if you got a spare few minutes. Just tell people why they should be tuning in because it just helps us raise the profile of the podcast. That'd be nice. And finally, um, what else is there? Is there anything else? Oh yeah, Facebook. That's the last one. Facebook.com forward slash the custard TV. Running a bit low on the old likes, so if you could uh, give us a like there, perhaps a poke for old time's sake, we'd be very grateful. It's all there. Just search the custard TV on anything social media esque. Next week, if there is a podcast, it won't be one featuring Gary. He's off on his holidays. Um, so uh, we will join him Bye. soon. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and if you've got any suggestions of what you'd like us to watch for next week, it is somewhat slim pickings. Email, Twitter, whichever way you want to do it, and we'll try and watch a show that you've. Don't don't email Twitter. Just send an email or a tweet. Bye then. Bye. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search the Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes, and Facebook. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.